Welcome to the S-Files, sponsored by Serve Wisconsin, Wisconsin's National Community Service Board. I'm your host, Kyle Flower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. In this episode, we are speaking with Peyton Keith, who's serving this year with the Department of Public Instruction AmeriCorps Farm to School Program at the Bayfield School District. So Peyton, thanks for joining us today. Yes, hello. Thanks for having me. Could you start off, Peyton, by just telling us a little bit about your AmeriCorps service with Farm to School? Yeah, so I am currently serving as the AmeriCorps Farm to School member at Bayfield School in Bayfield, Wisconsin. And I actually graduated from Bayfield in 2017 and grew up in Meskwabi Kong, which is the small tribe just outside of Bayfield. And Bayfield School actually is 80% tribal members. So that was really a big push for me to join AmeriCorps with the Bayfield School. That's wonderful. And so could you tell us what your day-to-day service looks like serving students at Bayfield School? Yeah, so day to day with students varies. Like earlier this year, I was able to go on a wild ricing field trip with the kids and staff members, and we harvested and processed the wild rice. And then we're actually going to have a feast on Thanksgiving. So that'll be nice. We just really learn about all of that encompasses that, giving respect to the food and harvesting it. And health wise and culturally, the food is very important to the kids. So not only using that gitagon or garden space, but also using the outdoors, which provides food for us. So that's wonderful. And you just mentioned the garden space. Can you tell us a little about what you're doing with the students in the garden? Yeah. So we obviously did a lot of harvesting for the fall. And now we're kind of putting the garden to bed. So we did some garlic planting and different sorts of ways to jar and can or ferment items so we can make them last through the winter. So we're looking into doing those types of projects coming up here. That's what's been going on. Were the students helping with the harvesting? Yeah, students love harvesting. They're always coming up like, oh my God, what can we pick? And now it's kind of at the point where there's not a lot left to pick. But yeah, every day we were up there harvesting tomatoes. The cherry tomatoes were so delicious this year. And we got to plant some radishes. So we'll be picking those soon. So you mentioned that you've planted the garlic and the radishes. So are those going to be rather quick growing so you can get them again before winter? Yep. The radishes are basically ready to pick. We did those in August, so the kids will be able to harvest those. And then, yeah, the garlic, we actually took a couple garlic plants that we grew this year, and then we're reusing those to grow more garlic that'll come up in the spring. So we're kind of like using our best garlic and then making it last for the next year so we can keep using those genes of that amazing garlic we had. That's great. And so what were the kids helping harvest so far? So far, it's been like the tomatoes, kale. We have a lot of herb gardens. So we've been doing a lot of drying and processing of like sage and oregano, different stuff like that. Mint, lemon balm, the students love that. We actually incorporate that into, we do a tea service every morning. Um, We brew tea every morning for the high school, middle school students, and they love the lemon balm. So that's been a huge hit. Yeah. And we did a potato dig. Some of the younger kids were able to like dig through the dirt and find the potatoes. That was fun. Yeah. Just your classic garden vegetables. (laughs) That sounds wonderful. And then once the garden is put to bed, is there any 
indoor growing over the year? Is it going to just be preparing for the spring on the growing side? This weekend, we're going to have a garden cleanup community event where parents and community members can come in, help us kind of pull anything that's, you know, last minute needs to be pulled for the winter. And then we do have an indoor space that has lettuce and basil and things like that. We have an indoor aquaponics system, actually, where we are growing walleye. And that is part of the hydroponic system. And the middle school alt ed program has been kind of at the forefront of that doing the water quality testing and harvesting. And that's been really fun. And so are you then growing the lettuce and other items in the same tanks where you're raising the fish? Yeah. So the walleye is the fish that are in the the holding tank. So we just harvested, I think, 12 fish um, last month. And so we just got new fingerling fish put into the tank. And so those will be ready to process next fall. So we kind of do a harvest of, I did it when I was in middle school, we harvested the lettuce, had a salad and then had fried fish and we're able to have a feast for that. Yeah, that's kind of the thought behind it. There's hydroponics, which is just through water. And then the aquaponics adds that second step of having fish poop is used as like minerals and stuff for the plant. That's awesome. And then looking at other things you've been doing recently, I know that October was National Farm to School Month, and there's usually the Great Lakes Apple Crunch in October. So anything special you did for Farm to School Month and the Great Lakes Apple Crunch? Yeah, so Bayfield is obviously like a huge apple place. So kids love apples. So we got all the kids to crunch into an apple. I was actually gone for the actual apple crunch. I was on vacation, but I did get to do it with some of the kids who missed it that week. So we did a crunch and we actually got to do some pressing with the kids. We made fresh cider and we were able to try it. And, you know, they were looking at the different varieties, like, oh, the Macintosh is going to provide a sweeter cider. And then like the green granny smiths are going to be a little more tart. How do we want to make it a well-balanced cider? So that was really fun. And then we got to go to an orchard with the second grade and do a tour and they were able to do that again like tasting the different kinds of apples so yeah we just did apple everything we've been making apple chips (laughs) more apple cider what was the ideal mix of apples you would end up on for making the cider We actually were gifted by Hillcrest Valley Farm. They gifted us like 600 pounds of apples. And so it was mostly Sweet 16, Macintosh, and Cortland. And so we did a third of each in the batch. Another big chunk of Farm to School is doing nutrition education. So you tell me a little about any of the nutrition education work you've done with the kids so far. Yeah, so, so far it's been pretty minimal because we've been doing mostly field trips. And I think winter will kind of more focus on that nutrition aspect of when we maybe can't get outside every day. But I did get to do a rainbow nutrition lesson with the third grade and they loved it. They rocked it. They were like, oh, this thing is green, but also white. So what kind of nutrition does that provide for us or different nutrients and things like that? Just getting their little minds thinking about what they're eating, why it's important to eat different colored foods and things. So, Oh, and then you mentioned the field trips you've been on so far. So what are some of the field trips you've taken the kids on so far? Yeah, so we did the the wild ricing field trip. And so that was harvesting wild rice. And then that one as well, we went to, I think it was Chippewa Lake. And while we were there, the language group from Red Cliff was there and they were actually doing an elk hunt. And so students were able to kind of see that, what that process was like, the cultural values in that. And then we did the field trip to Hauser's. 
And we had a couple planned to go to different farms. It's It was kind of hard with Apple Fest. It's crazy busy up here. But yeah, we're planning on going on a couple other farm tours. There's a local farm here called Turner Road Farm. They raise cattle and chickens and everything. <laughs> so I want to do a tour with them as well. So we have a couple things in the works as well. And then in addition to the field trips you've been doing, do you have any plans to bring any farmers to present inside the classroom? I really want to do one because obviously in the winter, we're kind of focused more on those root vegetables. So maybe how different places are keeping those over the winter, what processes they use, you know, obviously like cellars and things like that. And I actually, before I worked here, I worked for Spirit Creek Farm, which did sauerkraut. And that was huge, like, you know, having a storage space for all that cabbage and things like that. So I was going to bring one of them in to do a lesson with them. That's great. And I know you mentioned have the kids learn about canning and preservation and the other storage pieces. That'd be a nice kind of tie into one of the other ways you can do that. Right. Because we have such a short growing season here. It's like, you know, how is that food going to last us until spring? You mentioned that you've worked with elementary school students, middle school, high school students. So are you working with all the different grades? Are you doing certain grades different times of the year? Yeah. So right now where our sole focus is actually first through fifth grade, we have two other members who are kind of working with with that kindergarten level and then early childhood. So we're mostly doing first through fifth grade. It's just easier as far as like timing goes and getting the, the same amount of kids for each lesson. And it's easier to plan field trips and things. But Yeah, the middle school alt-ed, that is grades six through eight. We work with them pretty much every week. You know, they do the aquaponics with us. They helped us move some wood chips this week. So they're great. And then as far as high school goes, we usually focus on the foods classes. So we can maybe do some different baking lessons with them or different cooking lessons, taste tests, things like that. But high school, it's a little harder to schedule and get like the same group of kids every time because like at semester and things, you know, the classes change. So that's a little harder. But yeah, the first through fifth is like our our rock stars. (laughs) Sounds like there's more than one AmeriCorps member then serving up in Bayfield. So it's me. And then the other one is Lindsay Larson. She has been local to Bayfield for, I think, six years, and she has a background in health education, I believe. And yeah, we've been rocking it together. We so far have been collabing on lessons, but I think moving forward, we'll kind of pick which classes we want to teach. My cousins are in first through fifth grade, so I'm kind of particular to those ones. But yeah, we've been sharing the load so far. That's wonderful. And it's great to have someone else to work with and someone you can collaborate and team up and find the lessons that are at your strength and the lessons that are at her strength and figure out where backgrounds go. Right, exactly. Like there are things that she is great at. She's an excellent botanical artist. She draws these amazing botanical pieces. So she wants to do like different art lessons with the kids. And she used to be a baker. So we were doing the pizza lesson today. She was like, all right, this is how we roll out the dough. This is how we knead it. She really knows all that stuff. And I have more of a science background. I went to school for natural resources. So I'm kind of thinking about the whole ecosystem and things like that. I want to go on nature walks with the kids and stuff and talk about tree ID and things like that. That's wonderful. And then you mentioned a second ago doing a pizza lesson with the kids today. So what was the lesson you did? Yeah. So yesterday we actually made the dough with eighth graders and you're we kind of talking about the process of like, how do you make pizza? What are the five food groups associated with food? And then 
how can you translate that onto putting it on a pizza and just kind of thinking about what you can put on your pizza? Who doesn't want to think about that? Yeah. So then today it was a sourdough. So we let it sit overnight and then we cooked it today and we have a earth oven that's like cob, the mud little pizza oven. So we just finished doing that and we had extra dough left over. So we were like, hey, let's do it with the fifth grade. And so they got to have some pizza too. And like, it is just a beautiful day out. <laughs> and they are just up there enjoying pizza. And it's so great. So they worked as partners to make a pizza. And so, you know, they're like, hey, what do we want on our pizza? How do we want our pizza to look? They're like, let's do a stuffed crust and <laughs> just trying to make the coolest pizza they can. So that's been really fun. Were there any of the items coming out of the garden that were used on the pizzas? We offered spinach and they weren't really interested. We did have students that were interested in putting, we have uh, nasturtium flowers, which are kind of like those peppery edible flowers. And they put those on there after the pizza came out. And so it kind of adds like a little bit of a spicy flavor to it. But yeah, spinach wasn't as big of a hit. <laughs> have you done any tastings of the kids? You mentioned doing the tasting, the rainbow piece and the apples. You've done any others? I think so far, that's all we've done in the garden. Bayfield was chosen for a DPI taste test. And so we did the menued item of Southwest potatoes. And so we did that with K through 12. We did the taste test of the new, this new menu item, Southwest potatoes. All the kids loved it. Some of the high schoolers were like, it needed more salt and things like that. But overall, like the, the K through five got to do stickers, like if they liked it or if they didn't. And they loved that. They were like, oh my gosh, I need a sticker. But that was really fun. And we want to implement that at least monthly on like a new food item that is put on the school lunch menu. And then looking at those school lunches, I know that farm to school members also help bring in local foods and do some connection there. So is there anything you all have done so far this year, or some connections you're working on to bring some local items in? Like when I was in high school, there was, there were no local menued items that none of that food was used. Even in the last two months, we've come so far on the November menu. We have that rice that we processed and harvested. There are local apples on the menu for breakfast. And then there's a local whitefish. And that's just been through a lot of like push and pull with the food service director. But I think that we're finally coming to a place where we're going to have some local menu food items for the kids. So I think that's really important. And then they have like some other things that are just different, like not having beef all the time, like having vegetarian options and things like that. And then not beef, but doing, they have an elk burger, I think on the menu for next month and then a bison offering for one of the days. So just having different things on the menu, I think is really important for kids to, you know, try different foods. Especially at a young age when it's, they're willing, often willing to try this, like, oh, that, I don't know about that. And they're like, oh, it's so good, really. Right. And especially because like we're new. And so if we introduce something new, you know, they're not going to be like, oh, well, you're a regular teacher and we don't, we don't want to try what you have. But like, since we're new, it's like almost a new curiosity of like, oh, you're new. Let me try this new thing. I think that really helps too. And then Peyton, you mentioned this a little bit about your local connection, but why did you decide to serve as an AmeriCorps member this year at Farm to School? 
Yeah. So I just graduated from Northland College and didn't really plan on doing anything like education based, but I was just looking for a new like kind of avenue to make myself a little more well-rounded and see, you know, is this something I like? I just wanted to serve my community in, in like any way I could. I, I wanted to be a healthcare worker. I changed my degree. I was like, okay, how can I do something that will impact my community? So we're always talking, you know, in Redcliffe and in Indian country of like, we're trying to help the the seventh generation. Like it's not just that next generation, but every generation after. And so this is great because seeing the kids and their perspective on things, it's just, it's so wonderful to see them want to learn more about the garden and how they can be healthy and live long, healthy, happy lives. But I think that it's the kids and like the fact that it's tribal members and getting them connected to the land and like all the things that are important to Native people. And then looking at your service over these last couple of months, what are some favorite memories or some stories or highlights you can share with us? Yeah, so I remember in my first two weeks, like when school fully started in full swing, I was just completely overwhelmed. It was so much there, you know, learning all the kids and doing the lesson plans and everything. And then we were doing a harvest day with, I think it was fifth grade. And we did the harvesting. And then afterwards, we kind of got together in a group and we were talking about how we offer tobacco or SEMA when we harvest something. If we take something, we give something back. And so everyone was given a little handful of tobacco and you hold it in your left hand. And then when you're ready, you go out and you say thank you or miigwech or just give good thoughts to that plant that you harvested and then release the on. So all the kids went out and they offered their tobacco. And then this one girl, she came up to myself, Ati, my director, and then Lindsay, and she handed each of us a bit of tobacco, which is like a huge sign of gratitude. And it was just so amazing. And she's kind of like a higher needs kid. I don't think she fully realized what she had just done, but it was just so amazing. And she was just such a sweetheart. I think that was my favorite moment so far. It's wonderful. And then looking forward, since you have several months to go in your service, what are some things you're looking forward to over the rest of the year? I am looking forward to just like getting to know the kids more and what they like to do and just different ways I can teach them about, you know, health and nutrition and all of these things, but then implementing either culture or or tradition and especially like introducing language to the kids I know I'm learning a lot of new things, like we learned the word for seed and all these things that I've never thought about, like, oh, how do you say that in Ojibwe? I'm excited to just keep stretching their little minds. There is one other thing that we have planned that's pretty cool. So every spring, we do the sugar bush, which is tapping and boiling maple syrup. And uh, we plan to do that again with the kids. And with that, there's also like a winter camp where they do a bunch of cultural activities and things like ice fishing, I think is in there too, and trapping, things like that, snowshoeing. And I think we'll plan to do that too this year. Are the trees local to the school? Will you be going out somewhere else to do those? I actually don't know where the sugar bush they use is, but there's plenty locally. And actually they do tap, there's trees in the park service lawn down there that I think high school all dead uses that sap for boiling. I think we have a school forest that we tap, but I'm not certain on that. I was curious to see what the reef, because every school has very different resources. It's so fun learning about all the different things everyone has. 
Right. And we have like a school forest on site, but then we also have a school forest that's in Redcliffe. So the, the trouble with that is you have to bus kids out there. That's kind of hard. That's a fun activity trying to gather all the syrup and then watching how you gather all of that different liquid and then it boils down to such a tiny amount afterward. Yeah, especially birch. Birch sap is really tasty, but yeah, boiling it down, you need like for 60 gallons of sap to one gallon of syrup. I know that you're on a couple of different cycles. You have the school year cycle. You also have the outdoor and the garden cycle. So there's anything exciting that you're hoping to launch or do this spring out in the gardens or the summer in the gardens that are different or new additions? Yeah, so we actually do have a partnership with the Madeline Island School. We don't see them as much, but there is a garden over there and it has this beautiful grapevine all along this fence. It's huge. And I would love to utilize that garden space and put in some raised beds. And they have a great meal plan over there or like meal service. And I would love to implement more of that into what we can grow in the garden over there. So I think that'll be a huge project is getting community help and everything to rejuvenate that garden space because it's really it has potential but it's just been neglected for the last couple of years and even in the few conversations i've had with locals you know there are people who want to help provide that for those kids i want to have a better productive garden this spring we had a good amount of food in there but it would just be nice to have things that can really be utilized in the kitchen i think that was our downfall this fall was we just weren't producing enough of those food items that they need in the cafeteria in big quantities. And so anything that'll need to be harvested over the summer, will that go to different summer school programs? Will that go to different community organizations? Yeah, so we do have a a summer program at Bayfield School and Kati, my director, she was basically making all the meals for the kids over the summer. That was, I think it was breakfast and lunch, if I'm not mistaken. And they were using things from the garden. And then she had some high school help that was, you know, helping her do the harvesting and processing and all that. Got to do the food safety, clean all the veggies and stuff. And that, that is a big, a big task as well. Yeah, I think it would, it would mostly go to that summer school program. And we had talked about maybe doing a school farmer's market to raise money. I'm not sure of the logistics of that. And then Peyton, I know this is a long way off because there's still about nine months left in your service. But do you have any plans for what you want to do after your AmeriCorps term ends this year? Well, after this one ends, I, you know, could see myself serving another year. I've also been one last couple of years, you know, since I've graduated, just whatever falls into my lap, I'm like there and I want to do it. So if this happens to fall in my lap again next August, I think I would gladly take it. That'd be wonderful to have you serve a second year. Well, Peyton, we just want to say thank you so very much for talking to us today all about your service. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And just thank you so much for serving this year and bringing the energy and all of the experience you have to your service. And good luck with the rest of your service this year. Thank you so much. And thank you again to Peyton for sharing about her AmeriCorps service with Farm to School and giving us another story we can file under service. Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast produced by Serve Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Clower. Your producer is Serve Wisconsin intern, Anna Daniker. And as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. 
Remember, the S and S file stands for service, and you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S-Files.